0: Hey, Blaine from DTC Pod here. And today we've got two amazing AI tools for you guys to check out. So, AI is obviously eating the world. And these two by HubSpot, where you're really going to love. So, the first one's called Content Assistant. Basically, helps you create amazing content, which matters more today than ever. Everyone's creating content, so you've got to stand out. Um, with HubSpot's AI powered Content Assistant, you can brainstorm, create, and share content of Flash all inside a super easy to use CRM. So, you know, think things like, Brainstorming blog ideas, blog outlines, drafting copy on any topic from marketing trends to media kits, or writing value props for your landing pages, prospecting emails, and more. Uh, the second one is ChatSpot, which is basically a conversational bot that sits on top of your HubSpot CRM. So it's going to automate all the manual tasks inside of HubSpot, help you engage more customers, close more deals, and scale a little bit faster. Um, so. If you want to find out more about how to use AI to grow your business, check out hubspot.com artificial intelligence. As a D2C brand, you need real-time financial visibility to save money and make better decisions. Waiting for books from slow and expensive bookkeepers that don't get e-commerce is slowing you down. Trusted by hundreds of brands, Final Loop is a real-time accounting service built by D2C founders for D2C founders. Try Final Loop completely free, no credit card required. Just visit finalloop.com slash D2C Pod and get 14 days free and a two-month PL within 24 hours with all the e-com data and breakdowns you need to crush it. What's up, DTC Pod? Uh, today you've got me and Ramon and we're gonna be diving into what's been going on in the world of D2C and e-commerce this world. Uh, this week, a couple cool things that we wanted to really dive into are happening in the beverage industry so Ramon you want to kind of kick us off and tell us uh, about what you've been seeing in beverage yeah
1: so I had to take a refresher on everything that's going on in the beverage industry after you know I was on threads I actually haven't like opened threads every day as I was um and I was like let me go in there and see what's going on and I come across this suggested post from liquid death that basically just says who gives a shit? Um, and it's just their first threads post. And then I started seeing a few DTC brands popping up and I found it really interesting because Twitter hadn't really, really taken off for, um, e-commerce brands as a strategy. And I'm seeing like brands actually trying on threads, but I wonder if like they've actually lost their steam. Um, and if everyone has lost their steam on threads I really thought every marketing room right now, was putting together a full strategy for threads. And I just don't know now after like, you know, maybe, maybe it comes back after <laughs> Twitter just got named X. Um, so we'll see what happens over there. And if we get a migration, what do you think with threads, how it plays out? Do you think brands should be on this right now and assembling Um, a strategy around this
0: yeah I mean I think what we saw when threads launched was um, a quick migration to the platform it was really easy like their onboarding was super slick everyone was setting up profiles and everyone was like right there Um, since then we've seen a massive like fall off in terms of like engagement from a retention standpoint but like when you're bootstrapping a social network like that like that's hard like yes you have it baked in yes you have the habits that are already happening on Instagram but like launching a whole new platform and expecting everyone to interact in that medium like that's a tall order so it looks like they got the adoption side really dialed in but now the people who are using threads are the people who are like really good at it know how it works and like are willing to kind of take that jump so if i had to make a bet on what the strategy and what the play is here for whether it's us individuals brands etc i think we're gonna see um slow and consistent growth for a platform like threads i think there's a whole bunch like you were alluding to going on in Twitter land that, you know, even is as similar as the products are because the social graphs are a bit different. Threads just feels like a different product. Um so you've got Twitter rebranding to X. You've got did you see TikTok today launched uh la- launched text based posts on TikTok as well? Um Oh really? No, I had yeah. no clue. So that just came out today. But I think Threads what'll happen is it's just gonna be its kind of own platform like people still use Facebook people still use a lot of social networks that may not have like quite the penetration of an Instagram or a Snapchat or like a tier one sort of social media platform but what I think the strategy is is I think the people who focus on it as a channel like diligently over time will likely be rewarded um, in the long term obviously it's going to take coordination planning and like dedication to the platform but if I had to bet I think there's going to be um, I think there's going to be some good opportunities coming for people who um, you know put it put in the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was wondering if it was a mistake on their end of like just adding everyone from Instagram and making it so easy to just jump over and check it out, rather than like a a little bit more friction on the onboarding because that's where you see the drop off. However, all of this stuff is like, this is exactly what happens with reels, with stories, and they're just going to make it so easy to use that people are going to use it. People are going to go back. And if I had a brand, a DTC brand, I definitely have a play around threats because of the social graph and just because like the targeting of the marketing is going to be a lot more predictable and scalable um, than it will be in Twitter for the foreseeable foreseeable future. So Um, You know, on on those lines, just came across um, Liquid Death and and then, you know, did a bit more research on them and saw that uh, they actually have, they're aiming for an IPO in 2024. I feel like this brand just grew so fast with like guerrilla marketing outside of the Super Bowl ad. Um, But that in itself was was creative. Um, And so it just goes to show that you can, you can put um, water in a can, and if you have, cre- if you're creative enough, you can build a
0: really big brand. Yeah, I think that's super. It's super interesting to see. And I have a whole. I actually have a little bit of personal experience in the water space. So, I Ramon, I don't know if I've ever told you. I think I mentioned it, but like my first job out of high school was actually working with a private label water company, right? And that water, water boy, company, water boy. Exactly, yeah. And and I would go, I'd like go deliver all the water to office buildings and everything like that on the, the truck. And the name of the brand was Niagara Water, which now you'll see this brand in a lot of like big retailers. Um, it's really Branded big in under- Puerto Rico, honestly. I don't yeah. know why. No, no, like it's big. I've seen it in Mexico. I've seen it all over the place. And I know they have plants and everything everywhere. But like their whole play was as a private label water brand in the beginning. And what they started to see was they were like, we're good at this, but like, we're not going to necessarily compete at the brand level with other entrants. And you see someone like liquid death come in who like absolutely crush it from a brand and marketing perspective. But what was interesting, what Niagara did was they almost pivoted and said, Hey, we, we have our brand, which we're going to continue to run with, but what we're going to be really good at is the bottling side of things. So they actually went enterprise. They started scaling up the shit out of their like production facilities and now I think they have over like 50 plants all over the world. They bottle all the they bottle all the water that you see in Costco. So every time you see Costco and it's like Kirkland Signature Water, that's Niagara. They bottle for I think a bunch of major brands, also like Pepsi and Coca Cola, who have like their water based products. Um, I was actually talking with the founder, and he told us the story about how they actually turned down um, what's the what's the alcohol that the, the that it's like the this the, the seltzer the hard seltzer the first one what are those oh called? um well i don't know if it's truly or no, it's like truly it's like the main one
1: whatever, yeah yeah like, yeah whatever. um white claw
0: white claw exactly they, <laughs> yeah. they actually turned down the bottling contract for white claw but they're, they're massive and they they would be doing more revenue now just doing bottling like they'd be the equivalent of basically like a fortune 50 or fortune 100 company and they're literally private. So they're doing like <laughs> billions of year in revenue, private, bottling for everyone in the industry. So it's just it's just really interesting to see, A, from the liquid death side, how you can kind of come out of nowhere, capture lightning in a bottle, be on the path to IPO just from like a branded kind of perspective. And B, if you don't necessarily absolutely crush it at brand, there are other you know, directions that you can take and pivot a business that's been around for for a while, right? Like Niagara, they're an absolute slow grind, but they really accelerated their growth, I'd say, in the last, you know, 15, 10, 10 years, really, when they really started to scale. They went from like, you know, two plants and two factories to literally 50 supplying for the biggest brands in the world. So anyway, two cool kind of juxtapositions of like, entrants who can come in, scale with brand, others who, you know, maybe don't find that same success on the brand level and find other ways to scale.
1: Where, where do they, where do they, um, where is their plant? So they 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 distribute from.
0: In Southern California. And they started scaling out a bunch there, but now they're global. Like they've got, I know in Mexico, all over the U S, um, in other countries as well. So like they've, you know, I'll have to pull up the list. Interesting. Um, Well,
1: you know, I feel like we had, I feel like the beverage space was, you know, the the biggest boom a while back was like Red Bull. Then I remember I lived in Austin a few years ago. Topo Chico was like a massive exit there for a billion to Coca-Cola. And then, yeah, we started having a lot of mid-market beverage pop up. Um, But, most recently i feel like one that is like at that level if not more is like um celsius they've just been everywhere and i know they've always been been big but um i, I it seems like they just hit a whole new level um and it's funny because they you know this guy uh, this rapper Flo Rida, um he's more like a festival rapper now but um he he actually also um, Celsius is based in Boca Raton, which is um, not not a uh, you know a CPG capital like Austin or LA. So you can build big outside of of these major hubs. Um, but it seems like Flo Rida had one percent ownership of the company, and they kind of forgot about him. And he came back and sued them and won um, a lawsuit for eighty two million which is a great payday but what what i found that was interesting is that pepsi owns eight percent of um celsius and they bought that eight percent with 550 million so they must be doing really well and that's a very high
0: multiple one of the highest i've seen for a beverage brand yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple things to unpack there. Um, first, on, like, the creator side of things, I think it's a big win for um, for creators, but also on the brand side. Well, more think- the celebrity side, right? Like, yeah. for example, like,
1: when I worked with Pharrell, there's like, there's, like, these funds that, like, and then there's, like, these people in the back end that they partner with, existing family offices, and still then, a lot of this stuff is just, like, celebrity investing is like really unstructured there's still so much room in that space this happened with
0: 50 cent and vitamin water and like it just keeps happening over and over it's pretty wild yeah but you know what i was gonna say is i think there, like the the takeaways here are like there's a couple right a it's like if you have the facilities if you're on the right track and like your beverage brand is scaling like these things can be can result in like massive exits right like it's the brands that continue to drive the success of the major conglomerates so like they're looking to acquire the major brands that are like driving sales that consumers are into etc that they can shell or they can sell through through shelves across the world but um the other thing is on on the brand side of things it's like these creator and these influencer deals right like make sure to have your stuff buttoned up and make sure to it looks like in the suit that basically uh the brand promised Flo Rida, he'd get one percent of the company. Obviously, never happened. There was nothing in in on paper, and he was able to go ahead and and sue because they had never like done a formal agreement or anything like that. So I think also when when you're on the brand side, when you're entering into relationships with creators, you just want to make sure that you've got your stuff buttoned up in the case that hey, either you blow up, the creator blows up, whatever it is, you just want to have uh your your housekeeping in order.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting too, like what, if they had a deal with it on growth and everything, like if they had a deal with, um, for 1%, who else did they have a deal with? Is this an insight into like what their equity structure with celebs and big partners was like? Um, and I did a bit more research. I found that, you know they just structured a huge partnership with inter miami that has Messi. now um they did something in the early days where they worked with um jake paul um they have a deal with him they did something with um what's this guy russell simmons um and so there might be something there and like how they structured those deals because that's always the toughest part of working um with celebrities but actually on that Jake Paul front. So um, that prime was um, investigated by the FDA, but it seems like a lot of this stuff was also BS. Like, uh, you know, all these recalls in Canada, they actually don't even distribute in Canada yet. It was all the people that illegally imported into Canada to sell the product. Um, That's how it ended in all these retailers. But, um, you know, people are buying it left and right. Like they had, I think. Um, do you have their revenue numbers? Um, no. Let me let me pull up their revenue. No. Numbers. So the they did um forty five million just in January, and um I think they're the fastest growing
0: beverage brand ever in history. I don't know which one would follow. Yeah, they're they're on track. They're on track to do a bill right. Like yeah, like, annually. That's insane. Yeah
1: um three over 300 million over 300 250 million just in retail um in year one so it's just wild how much room there is in retail alone like retail is going to forever be a strategy and in fact can be the only strategy i don't even know if they sell um direct to consumer
0: but, um, well, that's another, that's another thing to bring up in terms of strategy. And I think we could also, wait, actually one thing real quick, I know we were talking about Flo uh funny after yeah. that whole was done. Uh, he actually, <laughs> with the winnings, I guess, decided he was going to spin out his own beverage brand. So now like if we ever see him working on, I guess he was going to call it Jet Set or something. Jet Set One is the name wow. of his beverage brand. Which is like a healthy for you carbonated beverage brand. But anyway, um, wait, what it's just crazy.
1: There's just every there's just beverage brands left and right. Um, actually I typed in Jetson one and accidentally went on this website, jetson It redirected me to it's like a flying carb, <laughs> anyhow.
0: Yeah, I think that's the Jetson is. Is yeah, Jets, yeah. Jetset, jet J E T S E T T one um it's a a little different but what what i was going to say about beverage d2c strategy what you had mentioned about retail is it seems like if you're in the cpg space and you're operating or thinking about like dabbling in this space we are really excited to announce that dtc pod is officially part of the hubspot podcast network the hubspot podcast network is the audio destination for business professionals And we're really excited about being part of the network because we're going to be able to keep growing the show, bringing you guys amazing guests, and obviously helping you guys learn from the best founders, marketers, and builders of the most successful consumer brands. So anyway, keep listening to DTC Pod and more shows like us on the HubSpot Podcast Network at hubspot.com slash podcast network. It seems like, you know, retail is clearly the main strategy and what a lot of the brands who have been coming on the podcast and chatting with us it seems like the clear strategy there is e-commerce is all about not only community but also like real product evangelists people who are the type of people who want to try your brand new flavor when it comes out for the first time they want to get the flavor drop that isn't available on the shelves and all these different retailers but it seems like you know from a strategic point of view the way you use uh, direct consumer in beverage is to really focus on a couple key SKUs that you want to sell. Really use it as a, a test mechanism, also for like your core community, and also from a bundling perspective, you want to be able to provide things that you're not able to just get in retail, and that wouldn't maybe make sense for you to roll out and in mass in retail just yet. So I know this is something when we talked um, to Paul from OraBora, when we talked to Melanie from Gia. Uh, When we've even talked to uh, De Sois and a whole bunch of other brands, like this seems to be a recurrent theme that we're seeing in beverage for D2C.
1: Yeah, um, I think also from their side of strategy, like the partnership with Barcelona and UFC that they did was massive. And you can do this at a smaller scale with creators, which is don't look at creators at exactly how much ROI am I going to get from each post, but use the partnership as a social proof to then... Be able to earn trust for your brand and land distribution partnerships, um, whether it's corporate or, you know, business partnerships, there's like smaller leagues. There's um, there's so many different partnership strategies that you can do that will be a byproduct of the social proof acquired with the partnership of that creator rather
0: than trying to squeeze out that creator's audience over and over yeah i think that's a really good point and one recurrent theme that i always think about in all sort of businesses uh so whether you're building a d2c brand and is this idea of like leveling up right so like every opportunity that you can to like level up you just basically you trade up in all the different parts of your business so like maybe you get a you get a partnership with a creator you take that partnership and then you go parlay that into like the sales meeting you're having with the distributor or a retailer. And then you take the the meeting that you have with the distributor and then you go and parlay that into your conversation you're having with an even bigger creator. So it just seems like you always want to identify different opportunities that you can leverage to just like keep moving forward in the business. And that's a, a theme that I love and any scrappy entrepreneur should definitely put to use. I mean, you know, that's basically what the founder of Outdoor
1: Voices is now doing. Um, she... You know, she grabbed her one asset after getting out of that rocky situation with Outdoor Voices. And the asset was community building and the community she had built. I remember when I was in Austin, you'd see like all these groups running around. And um, there was like hundreds of people at these Outdoor Voices gatherings in the park, at bars, etc., um and so she was really good at building community and then now she started a company called Joggy um which is basically um it's a beverage like plant-based energy supplement um it's a sparkling hibiscus tea um jitter-free caffeine from
0: organic guay- guayusa extract guayusa. Yeah it's yeah. Good. Yeah. What is it? Uh, so guayusa is actually this like plant, uh, sort it's like a tea sort of like supplement. Um, I actually have a bag in, in the other room, but it's basically like this dried plant. You put it in your, um, coffee and it's, it's similar to like yerba mate, but it's like a different format of it. It's called guayusa. I'm probably totally, yeah. but anyway, I've had it. The whole idea behind it is it, it's giving you caffeine, but it's like more jitter free. It's more calm. It's not like the caffeine buzz you're going to get from either drinking a Celsius or, uh, or a prime or something like that. It's more natural, chill, calm. So it's more like a tea sort of caffeine that, that, yeah.
1: It seems like they use this distributor called applied food sciences and it's grown in Ecuador and Peru. Um, and, it's Amatea Max is from this distributor, this this supplier, sorry. And the somehow for some reason they're they're positioned for gamers. Um, so like gamers is is, is their market, but for joggy or what? No, not for joggy, for their supplier. Um of the of the Way uh extract. Um so it's this company called Applied Foods. They seem pretty big, um, but yeah, okay. interesting. I, it's-
0: I, I got you. So the guayusa is uh, it's a caffeinated holly tree, and the leaves of the tree are what they use to dry out and brew and do a tea. So it's like uh, it, it's, a- it's it's native to the Amazon rainforest, uh, and uh, I remember hearing about it. I think you know who talked about it a bunch was Huberman, maybe like like that was like one of the first things he talked about when he was talking about alternative like stimulants and alternatives to caffeine was like guayusa and yerba mate so anyway you
1: could good. you you could launch a brand out of extracting something from huberman's podcast Dude, they
0: may have they may have they like yeah i don't i don't know if joggy did that but like if you look at the timing like he was talking about this sort of stuff uh, and this could be a, a pretty sl- and i've already seen a couple of them to be honest but like supplements yeah. that Huberman's talking about you just take those you spin them up um he's got kind of the zeitgeist of the consumer biohacking sort of consumer who's really interested in their health and there's definitely a lot of opportunities there to you know bring in the scientifically backed supplements that people are you know really into
1: yeah for sure um so yeah go go listen to Huberman and, and start a brand um <laughs> So, and then combine it with the learnings of DTC pod and boom. Um, Yeah. So uh, yeah, she, she launched it April, 2022. I'm sure she's going to do extremely well. It's just really cool to see how a founder really leans into their strengths and understands and like can move that same exact audience over to a completely different product vertical. Um, And it just shows that, you know, most founders have one thing that is their mastery and what they're really good at. And like being a jack of all trades yeah it's it's good in the early stages and it can only get you so far but like just doubling down on that one thing and for her it was community building so i'm really excited to see um what comes out of of this community i'm sure it's gonna be a powerhouse i'm sure they're gonna crush it on on socials. really interesting their website um doesn't have any real photography it's all 3d based stuff um so that's pretty cool um but yeah. Along those lines, it just reminds me
0: too of like, um, vehicle, um, which Yo, is yeah, well, vehicle is dope. One thing I want to talk about before, uh, yeah. vehicle is what, one thing you were saying about, um, her as the founder and how she does like all these different, like community based things. Uh, another one that I've seen, and it's, that's why you're saying it's like, lean into what you're good at. Um, another example of that is if you're really good at community, sammy from form who was on the podcast oh, yeah. um i've seen she's launching her brand and she was like she did something some activation in austin with her community and like they did a a, a walk together but like people who can like really leverage community are doing a really good job at it but i would say community is one of those things that you can't half-ass like if you're gonna do it and that's what you do like you need to do it and your community is gonna back you but if you half-ass it like just don't do it. Um. It's pretty, it seems like, you know, the the best, the the ways it like works the best if, if it's
1: founder led, like to just say, we're going to hire, we're going to do all this on marketing and then we're just going to hire someone to run community. That's just really hard for it to work. Um, it's like companies that try to have a podcast and the founder isn't the one doing the podcast. It's just, it's tough. Like, you know, that the the attachment of like that person's face to the brand becomes like it it becomes too important and and then the audience isn't going to relate when they know that it's just like not the founder and the person's interest is doing it to get paid for a job and um so definitely like recognize whether it's a strength of yours or not and if it's not like you know, there's many ways to grow. Doesn't have to be through community.
0: A hundred percent. Okay, vehicle, Cool. Let's uh let's talk about one of our favorite brands. That yeah, no, I saw or, organic social. This brand has like really figured out organic social.
1: Yeah, I saw. Um, it's funny because like my one of my good friends, he's Bad Bunny's manager. Um, who I went to school with, and um, I actually saw his Instagram. And then there was a picture of, um I saw a picture of Bad Bunny. And he was walking around with a vehicle and, and Kendall Jenner. And it's funny because we had him on the podcast. And, you know, we we've hung out with him in Miami, Christopher. Um, and he mentioned you were like one of the first people to spot him um, out in the wild. And I just think it's going to be like sort of the next Red Bull. And the reason I love, love this brand is because... Chris has like this He found this like boat community. He's like, why is nobody paying attention to this? It's just like the dopest thing. It's like a bunch of rebels, like ex drug dealers and um and all these people. And um this is a badass community with a badass story. And he's gonna tie it to something that I know is gonna become really big of like outcasts and misfits and rebels and all this type of stuff. Um but you know I, I bought
0: his coffee recently i will say it's on the high end price <laughs> yeah so he has he's got a couple of coffees one he's got the cold brew um so before we even get into the coffee and what he's doing what i think is really unique about them is they're almost like this like creative product products production studio where he's nailed down like this formula to go basically viral on organic social so they've got all these like old school power boating clips that they're able to like repurpose put their own like edits on and publish that's all about basically like you know offshore boating like racing and like almost drug culture in the 80s miami sort of vibe but then they go and they drive to the person to get a voice clip and like acquired
1: old clips and get that authentic like vintage content which is like If you try to measure the ROI of like, is it worth me driving four hours to go and get this guy to talk into a tape recorder? But like, that's
0: what makes it work. Yeah. Like they do crazy stuff, but then, so they figured out the organic stuff. Like, I think they're doing something like, you know, 40 million organic impressions a month or something that are like not from their followers. So like, even as a branded account, I think they're, they have like maybe 50K or they just hit 50 or 60K followers but like organic reach they're just like going
1: and without much without crazy
0: volume yeah yeah. not great no crazy volume no crazy ad spend um just like purely organic and what he's been doing from that they've launched a couple like products i mean they're a super premium sort of d2c brand so they were the brand that had the uh magazine that they sold for like a hundred or a thousand dollars per edition and then (laughs) They spun that off and they started building out some other products, including like merch and like sunglasses and like really cool like streetwear sort of stuff. But then they moved into CPG and they've launched cold brew as well as Kopi Luwak uh, coffee. So Kopi Luwak is like the most expensive uh, bean. I think there's there are these like Asian civets in the forest that like basically eat these coffee beans, shit them out and then people have to like pick them up off the forest floor and uh and that's how they brew this coffee but that's why the wait, v- they they wait say that again they these people okay, so these little like basically jungle monkeys or something <laughs> yeah people. they so they so, ship them out okay so here's the story for how i thought t- you said ship the them out and so i was gonna ship, say ship. yeah yeah no, no no so here's here's how it, it all started so this coffee started because i think back in the day when i think it was like the dutch they were like colonizing and creating all these coffee farms in like asia right and the people who were working on the farms because coffee was such an expensive export were not allowed themselves to have the coffee or they'd be like you know i don't know the 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 people who worked there were would be like either executed or like you know sent away if they stole the produce which was the coffee because they were selling it for so much and so what these people started doing is they started to notice that these like civets would like come in uh you know go to the coffee plants eat the beans and shit out the beans and then so they were like well technically if they these animals are like eating and shitting out the coffee beans then like you know i can have that coffee so they started brewing coffee with that and it turned out that there's like some fermentation process with the civet, whatever. Long story short, in order to collect these, they people literally have to go picking up civet shit off the forest floor to harvest these beans. Hence why it's the most expensive coffee in the world. But apparently it's delicious, whatever. Anyway, um, vehicles obviously bottled this stuff up. And, and yeah, the beans go for, what is it? Like $500 per pound of- Yeah, beans, 500 right? a pound. Is yeah, this so the think- one you had in your apartment that was- the little
1: bottle thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I it. didn't try it. I haven't tried it yet. I've tried their other one, their Nitro Cobra, but that's crazy. Um, yeah. I think, I think people are going to see this brand everywhere.
0: Um, yeah. I, I think it's a dope brand. They've got a really cool strategy. Chris is like a proper, proper creator creative. So um, I think they're going to be up to really cool stuff. And you know, they're also a, a bootstrapping brand. So what you said, like they could be the, red bull of the future i think there's definitely a world in which we see something like that i think the big constraint is going to be you know cash conversion cycle how fast can they how fast can they grow how fast can they grow their distribution etc because they're doing it fully fully bootstrapped fully um you know no outside investors no capital so um but miami with, based miami yeah miami and right. germany in germany so um they're definitely going to be fun to keep an eye on and if you guys haven't listened to it turn and in, tune into our episode with Chris because it's a little bit unhinged but amazing. Yeah,
1: well, I think that's a good roundup of everything that's going on in the beverage industry. I think, you know, energy drinks um making a strong strong comeback um especially like natural energy drink field um plant-based all that. So, um lots more to come. It's going to be exciting to check in on all these brands that are also launching and see how the space evolves, but it just shows how much more room there is to go um, in the beverage industry. Is there anything else you want to add, Blaine?
0: That's it. We'll see you guys back next week. Make sure to check out our newsletter too, because we've been dropping a
1: And we add the sources in the newsletter of all this stuff that we're discussing too. So um, it's the link in the show notes, the first link in the show notes, you can sign up to the newsletter. Um, We don't have that there yet, Blaine, we can add that there. Um, And uh, so you can have sources and um, it comes straight to your inbox every single week. And we also add more stuff than just what we discuss in the episode. It's not just... Um, a dump of what we discussed Um, it's actually really 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 good so I encourage you to check it out let us know um, what you think about it and if you have any requests always feel free to reach out but that's it for this episode of DTC
0: pod thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed this episode of DTC pod if you enjoyed the show we'd love your support a rating and review would go a long way as we continue to host the best builders in DTC and beyond follow and subscribe to the show and make sure to check out our show notes where you can find our socials and weekly newsletter Visit us on dtcpod.com to join our founder community and access resources from every episode. We'll see you on the next pod.